श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति चैप्टर सिक्स पार्ट फोर रामा टू डायरेक्टेड इज ओन शॉर्ट्स and through his power of guiding arrows in the direction from where the sound emanates he recognized where thatiki was and shot an arrow fast at the target the arrow had the effect of binding her limbs and preventing her from making the slightest movement at this thatiki shrieked most ferociously and putting out her terrible tongue attempted to fall upon Rama and Lakshmana and crush them under her weight on this Rama decided that delay will invite worse consequences he shot a fatally sharp arrow right into the chest with that she rolled on the ground and gave up her life the earth showed a huge crater where she fell trees were uprooted by the impact of the gigantic mass when she rolled in agony her last gasp of breath was so weird and loud that the wild beasts of the forest fled herds of animals ran helter and skelter vishwamitra called rama near and stroking his hair lovingly said Son, were you afraid? No, no. How can the savior of all the worlds be afraid? This feat is a foundation stone. It ensures the stability of the mansion. Come, you are tired. 
The sun too has set. Perform the evening worship and rest a while. Come with me. He took them to the river and later he told them, Children, we shall rest here for the night and we can proceed to a hermitage at dawn. They spent the night listening to the stories that Vishwamitra related. The master also revealed to them their own faculties and latent majesty. The dawn broke. The sage went through the morning ablutions and approached the sleeping brothers with a benign smile. He spoke soft and sweet words to them. Rama, I am delighted at your heroism. When you are overcoming that demon Astartaki, I comprehended the truth of your being the absolute. Really, I am very fortunate. Vishwamitra shed tears of joy. He held forth all the mystic weapons he possessed and the mantras which shaped and sustained them. And in a swift act of dedication, he placed them all in the hands of Rama. I have no authority to wield these weapons. Of what avail are they for me, even if I have them in my possession? You are the master of all weapons. They too will be most pleased when they are with you, for they can fulfill their destiny best while with you. Note this, O Rama. From this moment, all the weapons I commanded so far shall be your instruments, available for the mission on which you have come. He said, pouring holy water with appropriate mantras, indicative of an irrevocable surrender of the ownership. Thus, he offered to Rama the Danda Chakra, the Dharma Chakra, Kala Chakra, Indrastra, the Vajrastra, Trishula, Brahmasirastra, Aishikastra, and the most mighty and destructive of all, the Brahmastra. Then he sat silent for a while with eyes closed. He rose with the words, Now, what have I to do with these two? And he gave Rama two powerful maces, Modak and Shikhar. He said, After reaching our ashram, I shall bring out other weapons too. The Agni missile, Agniastra, the Kraunja, the Narayana missile, the Vayu missile and others. Son, all these weapons are at the beck and call of the master. They are amazingly overpowering. Thus saying, he whispered into Rama's ear the mystic formula which can materialize and activate them and direct them towards the targets with incalculable fury. He asked him to recite the formula under his supervision. Before long, Rama was able to visualize the deities presiding over each of the divine missiles and weapons and receive their grateful homage. Each deity presented itself before Rama and fell prostrate before him. Each one said, Rama, we are your servants from this moment. We all vow and affirm that we shall abide by your commands. Then they disappeared awaiting further summons. Rama was glad at this development. He touched the sage's feet saying, Master, your heart is a treasure chest of renunciation. You are, I realize, the divine embodiment of Tyaga, detachment and yoga, conquest of the senses. 
or will anyone else renounce and gift away such an array of potent hard-won weapons? Master, please delight me by counseling the manner in which I can withdraw the weapons after they have made the intended havoc. You have taught me the formula for unleashing them. I desire to know how I can recover them. At this, Vishwamitra felt elated. He said, These forces and weapons are automatically recoverable by the exercise of the will of the bowmen using them, expressed through mantras which I shall communicate to you now. He then initiated him into those formula also. When they were pronounced, the deities so propitiated appeared and prostrated to their new master. Rama told them that they have to be ready when called and that they could meanwhile be at ease. Vishwamitra then proposed to resume the journey and the three of them started footing their way along. A little distance later, they entered a region of high-peaked hills. Their eyes fell on the charming garden, the fragrance of which welcomed them and refreshed their bodies and minds. The brothers were curious to know who owned that lovely spot. They asked the sage to enlighten them. Vishwamitra replied, Son, this is the holy area which the gods chose when they come down on earth to practice austerity for the success of their desires. The great Kashyapa did penance here and won his goal. The place confers victory on all holy efforts. So it is named Siddhashram, the hermitage of achievement. I have myself taken residence here with the intention of cultivating dedication and surrender. This heritage is the target of attack for demons who intercept and befall every holy rite done here. You have to destroy them when they attempt their nefarious tactics. So saying, Vishwamitra entered the heartwarming seat of peace. He placed his arm on Rama's shoulder caressingly and said, This ashram is as much yours from today as it was mine until now. The Hori sage shed tears of gratification as he uttered those words. Even as they stepped into the Siddhashram, the residents ran forward with eager haste to wash the feet of the master and offer water for ablutions to Rama and Lakshmana. They scattered flowers along the path towards the ashram and led them to the door. They offered them fruits and sweet cool drink. They proposed to Rama and Lakshmana that they should rest in a cottage specially allotted to them and made ready for their use. They did accordingly and after the rest, which refreshed them a great deal, they washed their feet and faces and came to the sage Vishwamitra to know his instructions. They stood before the teacher with arms folded and said, Master, can yajna which you have willed to perform be inaugurated tomorrow? Vishwamitra was elated at this query. He replied, Yes, everything is ready. In this Siddhashram, it is so always. There is no need to wait for preparations to be completed. We are always ready. I shall take the prescribed vow when the dawn breaks tomorrow. The news spread and everyone set about the task of collecting 
all that was necessary for the great event. Dawn broke. Vishwamitra took the vow of initiation and the yajna began. As Skanda and Visakha stood guard for the gods, the two brothers, Rama and Lakshmana, stood resolutely determined to encounter all who attempted to interfere with its due performance. Since it was improper to speak to Vishwamitra, who was engaged in a sacrificial ceremony, Rama gestured to the other participants to find out from them when the demon horde could be expected and from which direction. They could only answer, It is not possible to say when and from where. The demons have no regular timings. Any moment they might pounce on us. Who can predict the time of their onslaught? The hermits spoke to Rama about the demons, each according to his estimate of their character and habits. Rama was delighted at the replies given by them. He decided that the wise course would be to be ever vigilant and ready to beat back the demon forces who attempt to frustrate the sacred ceremonies of hermits. He alerted his brother too. They watched the four quarters very carefully and paid attention to the slightest sound indicative of the approach of danger. Recognizing their bravery and earnestness, the ascetics derived vast joy and wonder, for they were of tender age and lovely complexion, barely out of the stage of boyish pranks. For five days and nights, the brothers kept unremitting guard over the sacrificial site and the hermitage, without a wink of sleep or a moment of rest. The sixth day too started on the same routine. Vishwamitra was engaged in the yajna, immersed in the ritual exactitude of each item of the ceremony. The Ritviks were engaged in their tasks of recitation, oblation and recitation. Suddenly, they were astounded by a thunderous noise that broke from the sky. Fire emanated from everything on the sacrificial platform. The kusa grass, the plants and cups, the holy vessels holding ritual objects, the dry sticks which had to be offered in the holy yajna fire, the flowers, the kumkum and other auspicious articles collected for the sake of worshipping gods. The flames rose on all sides. Very soon, the sky was overcast by dark fearsome clouds and the bright day became a night of pitch darkness. Mysterious evil fumes spread fast towards the place where the Yajna was being performed. The sinister clouds started raining blood and the drops when they fell were welcomed by tongues of flame which rose to receive them. Rama and Lakshmana sought to locate the enemy demons amidst the phantasmagoria of cruelty and hate. Rama, through his divine vision, knew where the leading augurs Maricha and Subahu were and he released the Manasa arrow in that direction. It struck the chest of Maricha and stopped any further mischief from him. Next, he shot the Agniastra 
at Subahu and it got lodged in the heart of Subahu. Rama understood that if their corpses dropped on the holy region, the hermitage itself will be polluted. So to prevent that sinful contact, the arrows of Rama carried the vicious bodies hundreds of miles afar and cast them into the ocean. Maricha and Subahu shrieked and groaned in unbearable agony and struggled desperately amidst the waves, but they did not die. The other leaders of the demon hordes fled for their lives beyond the horizon. Lakshmana said that it was not advisable to allow any demon to survive, however cowardly they might appear, for they would soon return to their wicked practices. So, he prompted Rama to kill off the entire gang. The hermits who watched this great act of heroism were elated with admiration. They believed that the brothers were really Lord Shiva himself in his terror-striking, boon-conferring form. They bowed in reverence in their own mind, for they were too young to accept their homage. The forest put on the vesture of brightness and joy in a moment. Amidst all the distractions, Vishwamitra continued steadily and without interruption the meditation of the deities and the recitation of the holy hymns that were enjoined for the Yajna. He never made even the slightest movement of body or mind. Such was the depth of his concentration. The valedictory offering in the sacred fire was fulfilled with correctitude and thankfulness. Then Vishwamitra came smiling to where Rama and Lakshmana were standing. Oh, praiseworthy heroes, you brought victory to my vow. Through you, I have realized my life's desire. The name of this ashram has been justified. It has become truly the hermitage of achievement. The sage shed tears of joy. He fondled and caressed the boys. He proceeded towards the hermitage with his hands placed on the shoulders of Rama and Lakshmana. There, he gave them the share of the holy offerings made at the sacrificial fire. He asked them to retire and refresh themselves with a little rest. Though the fulfillment of the purpose for which they had been brought was itself the most effective restorative for their limbs and minds, they felt that it would be improper to discard the command of the master. So, they retired and slept soundly a long while. The master went to another thatched cottage to ensure undisturbed sleep for them. He also instructed some men to keep guard so that no one unwittingly created noise which might awaken them. While the brothers were sleeping, Vishwamitra was exalting the successful conclusion of the Yajna and the divine prowess of Rama and Lakshmana. Meanwhile, Rama and Lakshmana woke up and after washing face, hands and feet, they came out through the door to find there the boys of the hermit families keeping guard, lest their sleep be disturbed. They were informed that the master was conversing with the ascetics in another cottage. So they went there and fell at the sage's feet. Rising, they stood with arms folded and said, Great teacher, if these servants of yours have to do any other task, please inform us 
and we shall gladly carry it out. At this, one ascetic from the group stood up and addressed them thus. With the destruction of the demons, all that has to be done has been accomplished. What else is there to be done? The desire entertained by the master since years has been fulfilled. Nothing higher than this is needed. You too are the form of Shiva Shakti. This is how you appear to our eyes. You are no common mortals. It is our good fortune that has given us this chance to see you. Our gratitude knows no bounds. At this, the residents touched the feet of Rama and Lakshmana. End of chapter 6 Sai Ram Pani 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 pama pama gama gasa 
कृपाने पाथर बितारे एक ही बाण ने दुष्ट संभारे चरणों की धूल ने जन्मदिन उन्हीं का मना लो जन्मदिन उन्हीं का मना लो मुबारक हो सबको जन्मदिन गिरा रघुपति राघव राजा राम पति तपावन रघुपति राघव राजा राम पति तपावन सीताराम राम सीता राम सीता राम 